Hello, and welcome to this very special edition of God is a Dad podcast. Uh, my name is Justin. I'll be your host today, and I will be joined in a bit by not Dan and Jake. Instead, I'll be joined by their wives, Anna and Adrian, and also my wife as well, Nicole. We've been looking for a way to get them involved in this podcast for a while now, and we figured Valentine's Day would be as good of a chance as any to do so. So the dads had a conversation on our last episode about Valentine's Day, and we thought we'd bring in the moms to have essentially the same conversation, answering the same the same questions, but from uh, the perspective of wives and mothers. So uh, we're excited about it. I think they have a lot of really good stuff to say, and we'd like to keep bringing them on regularly uh, if they have time for it. So hope you enjoy hearing their perspective. Uh, let's just go ahead and get right to it. All right, so uh, before we get officially started, I just, I'm curious, uh, did you... Ladies, have any thoughts on the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl halftime show? You know, what do you think of Maroon 5? How, how did they do? Yeah, I was underwhelmed. But I don't know. I mean, no one, like, I don't know anyone that's like, I love Maroon 5. <laughs> I, I listened to this guy do this thing, and he was like, nobody ever says that Maroon 5 is their favorite band, but everybody knows at least 10 to 15 Maroon 5 songs. <laughs> yes, I think that's fair. Yeah. The way the way I always describe them is back before Spotify. When I was if I was in the car and I would hear a Maroon Five song on the radio, I would always change it immediately, and then I would go through the th- next three or four stations that are most popular, and then there usually wouldn't be a song that was better, and then I would always opt back into Maroon Five. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Because they're always you know they're just baseline acceptable, but you're mm-hmm. looking for anything better, and then if you find something better, great. But a lot of times there isn't, and so to me that makes them the perfect Super Bowl pick, you know. And that's probably why I don't listen to them like at all anymore or know their newer stuff because I don't listen to the radio much anymore. Uh-huh. I get to choose it, but that's also why I don't know like any new hip music anymore either. Right, right. I'm super out of the loop. I that doesn't sound that doesn't sound true. But what? <laughs> oh, I guess maybe like compared to where I was before 2013. Anything after 2013, like, <laughs> I don't know much about culture after what, 2013. What was 2013? Twins. Oh, t- yeah, sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't even tell you who was nominated for Best Musical at the Tony Awards in 2013. That's how bad it is. Mm. So, well, yeah. I can't relate to that. I'm not sure I could ever have ever told you who was nominated for best musical at the Tony Awards, but <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get started with some uh, introductions. Just why don't you kind of give any listeners kind of a context for who you are and especially, you know, who you are uh, married to, at least on this podcast. I'm Anna. I'm married to Daniel. We got married in August of 2011. Then we had our twins in March of 2013. I have had a myriad of jobs. But I went to U of M in Minneapolis for music education, and I've just done a whole bunch of stuff now. But I got to stay at home with the twins for uh, a solid two and a half, three years, which was awesome. I'm Nicole. I'm Justin's wife. Um, We've been married for how many? (laughs) How many years? Seven. Seven and a half years. And we have three kids. James is six, Cameron is four, and Adeline is one. I went to school to be a teacher, and then I taught very briefly, did some substitute teaching and preschool teaching. And then as soon as James was born, 
I have been a stay-at-home mom. We were pregnant within our first year of marriage, and yeah, he was born roughly a year and a half in. I'm Adrian. I'm married to Jake. We have been married for two and a half years. Our son Elliot is a year and a half. So if you do the math, we got pregnant right away. And so, yeah, I teach English as a second language to five-year-olds, which is super entertaining. And so I work full-time, except for the summers, which I get to spend home with Elliot. So it's a pretty good time. Cool. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's just go right to the... I want to hear from each of you how you feel like your relationship has changed since, I mean, I guess you can say since getting married, but especially since having kids, you know, we're talking about Valentine's Day and I think Valentine's Day is a pretty good indicator perhaps of, of how romance in a marriage changes. Stereotypically, the idea would be that Valentine's Day would be celebrated much better, I guess, quote unquote, in, you know, before kids or before marriage. But then as you get married, maybe it becomes less and less of a big deal and, those sort of romantic gestures and those attitudes about romance sort of change. So I just kind of want to hear from your from your perspective. How do you think your relationships have changed since marriage or kids? I'm not going to tell you who goes first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like I will go first every time, though. I think so, too. I think so, too. Oh, Justin. Well, I, so I can for, go. I know, I have that, like, guilty pastor's kid syndrome. Where like, who wants to pray at youth group and nobody says anything? So then I raise my hand. <laughs> That's what I have going on. I think it's like for all three of us, it's pretty similar in that we all had kids very soon after we got married. So mm-hmm. how life has changed after getting married and how life has changed after having kids kind of go hand in hand. Because Dan and I only had a year and some change, a year and a half or so of married life before the twins came. And before that, we only we were dating and engaged for a little over a year. So, you know, our relationship has pretty much almost always included the twins. And so it's hard for me to separate like whether or not the kids changed a lot or if we've all just changed together. Yeah, I have similar, like, I have similar thoughts. I think that I've sometimes wondered if things would have been different if we would have waited longer, had more married time without kids. I don't know. I don't know how much of, like, the marriage um, changes that happened are just, like, a natural progression of relationship or how much it has to do with the adding kids factor. I One thought that I had is that I think when you have your first baby, it's obviously like really intense and takes up like a lot of time and energy. And I think that that season can be hard for marriage because you are adjusting to like not having 100% time for each other. Or like time and energy to focus on your marriage relationship. It's then you're suddenly split. But I think that having one kid and then adding more kids, like obviously that just compounds. Or like the more the more you go on, the more like time and energy kids take. But my thought was that it 
kind of like brings out sin issues or things that you may have already had in your marriage or your relationship or like there's nothing that shows my issues and my selfishness or whatever than more than parenthood I think and and I think that the same thing happens in the, in that like I've wondered if we actually like matured our relationship faster in some ways because having kids like brings all your issues out and then you work through them together and then you end up in like a better place I think that that definitely happened with us I don't know does that make sense oh so much sense and I agree same here for sure yeah I think um I agree with that too and I think um like for us specifically we also weren't married for super long before we had Elliot and so having him has made it definitely more of like a challenge to choose time with each other and to like make time for each other. Um, and I think we're definitely still learning that probably me even more than Jake. Cause I get the whole like mom guilt thing going on. And then I'm like, but he's going to think I don't love him if I take him <laughs> to a babysitter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but which is absurd anyway, but I think it really helps make it like an actual choice, you know, like, it was a lot easier before we had Elliot to like, oh, well, I come home and Jake's the person at home. And so, yeah, sure, I spend time with him. And it's like I'm not sacrificing anything to choose time with him. And so I've been learning and still, I think, have a ways to go. But I've been learning to like choose intentionally. Like, yeah, I'm still choosing you and still choosing to invest in our relationship. You know, can you describe any of the ways that you think your relationship is better than it was? Or specifically, you know, like how, like how has it changed the, the ways that you and Dan kind of relate to each other Yeah, compared to previously? Um, one of the big things is the way that we argue or quote unquote fight. You know, it used to be a lot of me crying and Dan not saying anything. And (laughs) it was not healthy. (laughs) Over the last eight years, we've found much healthier ways to do that. And it does come down to us trusting each other more and assuming the best about each other. I, you know, I would cry to try to get my, not to try to get my point across, but that was definitely in there. But like, I wouldn't trust that Dan would take me seriously. And, you know, so I wanted to emote so that he would understand how I really, truly felt about this thing because, you know, he might not be trying to understand me. And so I have to do everything I can in order to make sure Dan understands me. Right. And then Dan would just kind of shut down and maybe he would feel like a little bit attacked or just like not wanting to engage with something like that. And so instead of you know, helping me get to a place where I can communicate more healthily or just saying like, hey, we're, we're going to not enter this area of conversation until like we can do so better. He would just shut down. And so like mm-hmm. now, first of all, I just have a lot of that sort of stuff. Uh, I understand myself a lot more. And so those sorts of situ- situations don't really happen anymore of like that highly emotional type of conversation once a week. 
which is <laughs> probably what it was back then. And now, like, if we have one once every few months, I'm like, oh, wow, we haven't done that in a while or something. Anyway, yeah, I, you know, I know myself better now. And, and if that does happen, Dan, more often than not, chooses to say, like, hey, until we can, you know, communicate better with each other, we're just not going to have this conversation. He is just more confident in who he is and what he knows about himself so that um, if he is feeling like he can't be vulnerable with me, he still knows that he's loved and taken care of and that he can still be open and vulnerable and continue to like be part of that conversation or that argument or whatever. How do you guys handle like having arguments or disagreements with kids around, especially you, Anna, now that they're older? Like, do you, are you, do you think it's a good idea or comfortable with like doing that or showing that in front of your kids or you want to like basically protect them from that and have those conversations when they're not around or. Sure. I said, yeah, I went, ugh, because (laughs) this is something that I'm sure you're experiencing with James and maybe Cameron too, that I, yeah, it's a whole nother ball game. You know, they're learning to spell first of all. So you can't even just like spell certain (laughs) words because they know what it is. And yeah, they just, they pick up on everything. And I know that they pick up on everything even when they're little, little or small, littler than they are now. But for the most part, depending, depending on what, yeah, just depending on what the content of the argument is, typically we'll have it with them in the room or in the car or around because we do it well now. Um, And I think it's Mm -hmm. important for kids to see that their parents don't always agree I know that for some people, they, they like never saw their parents fight ever. And so mm-hmm. like when they're part of a relationship where there's even a little bit of an argument, it's kind of like, oh, no, this relationship must be really bad because I never saw my parents fight ever. So I do think it's important for them to be able to see some of that. But it, yeah, it's mostly just content related, whether or not we'll have that argument or a heated discussion or whatever in front of them, I guess. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, similar, I think. I think that, like, our, I don't know, maybe our most serious, like, conversations or times when I'm, like, upset and crying just end up organically happening when they're, like, in bed and we're talking or something. But there's definitely been times where we're arguing and (laughs) James will be like, guys, stop making bad choices. (laughs) (laughs) So in that way, it's kind of funny because they're almost like accountability and and or it's like when you have an audience, it like snaps you out of your selfishness a little faster, kind of. That's been my experience. But yeah, there are sometimes even recently that I've been upset about something or like crying and then James will be like, what's wrong with mom? But not a lot, not not a ton. But yeah, I think, yeah, we do both. Yeah. And then. The twins have said that too, like, what's wrong with mom? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dan never cries, ever. <laughs> but they'll be like, what's wrong with mom? And then, you know, we can be like, I'm feeling sad or mom's mm-hmm. feeling sad. And I think that's okay for them to see sometimes yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I think I grew up in the kind of house where like super loving family, but like they never 
we're just like not very emotive in front of each other and especially like arguing. And so it was a learning curve, which I mean, Jake has like zero problem with like confrontation. And so going from like my family to that was like, does he want to have a fight? Like, which I really, you know, he doesn't, but it was just hard for me to process that at first. And so I think we've come a long way and like, oh yeah, this is how we process through things. And, and so we're not really to the point where Elliot understands that yet, but I do want us to keep having, like you said, Anna, those kind of conversations, not hiding them from him at least. Yeah. And like what Nicole said, it really forces you to, to do it in a healthy way. Totally. You want to model that good behavior. You know, like start throwing things at each other, like, you know, right. <laughs> saying bad words to each other. Hmm. Well, this is interesting that the question that I asked is not the question that you answered, which is, which is really interesting. I'm not sure what that I says knew about. I that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm not really sure what that says about our, about all of our wives that <sighs> I thought we were going to talk about romance and then you all went into these really deep and meaningful, uh, <laughs> Talking you know, about like, emotions. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. One thought that I had that was like um, something that has, I would say, been a pattern in our relationship with kids is we've kind of gotten into uh, like, well, we each have our roles and we will often divide and conquer, like, especially in seasons when we have a little kid, it ends up being easier for like, you know, at least right now, Justin will like take the boys to do something and then I will be with doing whatever with Adeline or like on the weekends, if we have a Saturday, we, I think would get into this pattern of almost like trading off. One of us like is kind of responsible for the kids for a few hours. So the other one can like take a break and do, do whatever they want to relax and then switch. And, but then sometimes that has been like not super satisfactory to me because then at times it feels like we could go through a whole Saturday with barely connecting with each other because we've just been swapping off like kid duty (laughs) kind of, which in some ways it's good because it's like a system that we've developed to give each other like independent rest, which I think is also necessary and can be life-giving. But I think, I feel like in, the season that we're at right now of family, that's something that I want to keep developing is figuring out how we can all be together as family. And Justin and I are like interacting more and connecting more instead of just kind of like doing our own things separately and passing off responsibilities to each other. Does that kind of make sense? How do you, do you guys experience that? I feel like we experienced it so much more when we had, like a child under the age of four or Mm. children under the age of four, Um, maybe under the age of five. But I feel like now just to talk about the Saturday thing, we did that passing off the responsibility a lot. And now that they're older, we are not doing that as much because for instance, on a Saturday, usually by one or 2 PM, it's time for the twins to go to their room and have, quiet playtime in their room for a while and like during that time we get time to do our own independent rest too and so I feel a little less like we are having to do the trading off and on sort of thing in order to get our rest because they're so independent now 
Yeah, I still feel like we're kind of in that stage with Elliot. Yeah, one of us is definitely like doing the activity with him while the other one is like doing their own thing or like taking a shower. Um, just those kinds of things. Um, I feel like we've, there have been times though where we're like, we'll, you know, give Elliot his bath together or we'll, you know, put him to bed together. And so, but we're definitely still finding the balance in it. But yeah, he definitely doesn't do independent rest time either. So, <laughs> right. We're getting there. I also feel like we don't have super established roles or tasks that we take on we both do a lot of all the same stuff and it just depends on the schedule for the day and who has what going on because we're both working dance in school and so yeah there's not super established like while you do this this person will clean or this person will make dinner while this person plays with the kids or things like that because our schedules are always so bonkers and all over the place <laughs> that it just never, almost every day, it, it almost never looks the same each day. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, do you think that it is because you have a little still? Or do you think like if it was just James and Cameron that it would look much different than it does now? Yeah, I think it would. I yeah. think having, yeah, having a baby for the last year has definitely, because I, th- I would say we we got a taste of, like, what you were talking about, how on a Saturday, you know, they'll just go into their room and play for a couple hours. Before Adeline was born, our boys were starting to get to that point with each other. Yeah. And I remember, like, remarking to each other of, like, oh, boy, we're about to go, like, back to ground zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that does, yeah, when you have a little one that just kind of comes with the territory anna did that or adrian does that does that arrangement bother you it sounds like you you had the same experience but how much does that did that affect your relationship negatively or positively or you just didn't care it was just the way it was i think that if i were in your guys's shoes i would really want to have a change because at this point now you guys have been doing that for six years right like the whole trading off having a little and doing that sort of stuff you know we did it for a few years and then it was done and you know who knows if it'll happen again if I were if I were in it for six plus years I'd probably want to try and find something that would work better I guess I and I don't know if there is something I don't know (laughs) that's the tough part like it because it kind of is just what it is right when they're little like I don't know like have you guys had any ideas of like how to change that? Well, the, yeah, I mean, the way I feel about it is either one of you is somewhat somewhat bored and not getting to do what they want to do, or both of you are, but you're doing it together and you're both somewhat bored and someone not doing what you want to do, <laughs> you know, yeah. in the in the harshest ways of describing. Obviously, you can still have fun <laughs> with your kids, but, but, but like, so Adeline is one and right now we have like a playground in our backyard in our apartment complex that we share. And she just really likes going up, walking up the stairs of the thing and then slide, going down the slide. And it's the most mind-numbing thing to, to do with her, right? And we could both go out there and watch her walk up and down there, like, make sure she doesn't fall down the, the stairs. Or one of us can do it, and then one of us can get to do their own thing. But then we're separate. But then at least one of us gets to do something that they want to do rather than both of us kind of, you know, doing that. So... It feels like a catch twenty two. You're you have yeah. to sacrifice something, but I'm just 
if there's any kind of uh, inspiration or great ideas out there, then. Did you open. feel like when you had James, just the one, or Adrian, maybe you can answer this with Elliot, just the one too, that um, you were able to do those sorts of kind of my mindless activities in a way, right? Mind-numbing activities, <laughs> but like have good conversations still because mm -hmm. I felt like we never were able to do that because of the two of them. Uh, mm -hmm. Like it was just too much to be able to like, uh, still have good conversation so like when you with the one do you guys feel like that was something you could do yeah I feel like for us um definitely we can still have like the conversations as long as you know he's not doing something super loud we can still have the conversation if we're intentional about it and I think too it depends on like how you define quality time too as a couple you know like do you have to be having like a really intense conversation sometimes I think for me and Jake it's like just proximity is good. And it's like, okay, we feel connected. Definitely not a hundred percent of the time just doing that. But like even just being in the same space while we're doing something with Elliot is good. And then that can lead into more conversations. So yeah, I think with one, it's definitely easier. Nicole, do you think your are your boys getting, is it the sort of thing where your boys are getting to an age where they can play by themselves on the playground and you both kind of follow her around while like, being able to still connect or are the boys just like look at me look at me <laughs> so much um, you know no I think that the boys are really good now at this point of like being pretty much independently playing yesterday actually we were all out at the pool together so theoretically you could say that that was like all you know family time all together but you know in practicality what it was was <laughs> Like, <laughs> Justin and I, even without, like, speaking to one another, we'll essentially, like, trade off, like, okay, who's who's holding Adeline in the pool? Who's keeping track of her? Who's keeping an eye on the boys to make sure that they're drowning? While the other one is, like, sunbathing or whatever. <laughs> like, sunbathing yeah. with, with the eyes closed. And then we'll, like, we just, like, have a sense of, okay, like, they've been doing that for 10 minutes. Now let's swap. And then, you know, like... And then essentially, like, while I was, like, laying in the sun for 10 minutes, Justin was taking Adeline to the slide and, like, watching her on the slide or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, in that, I guess, in that situation or that example, it's a pool. So, we had to kind of have eyes on the boys more than, yeah. like, if we're just playing in the house or whatever. But I think that that's more satisfying to me because I think that my top love language is quality time and so even that I think is like feels better because of the proximity factor like you're saying Adrian then because even if if the reality is that we're spending an hour all together as a family but we're, Justin and I even aren't interacting that much but it, it is like we're all doing the same activity together even though at the season it has to kind of look like that but um, but that still fills your quality time bucket, though? I would say yes. Yes. I think that I would be more satisfied when our kids are older and require, like, less constant supervision for safety, yeah. <laughs> essentially. But, yeah, to me, that that's, a better, that's better than, like, one of us being, you know, in the bedroom doing something all by so by themselves and then the other one like 
taking responsibility for all three and then swapping, that seems like not as connective to me. I get that. I get that. One time for, it was around Christmas and me and all my siblings were home. And this was before we had spouses and kids. And we were all trying to figure out something we could all do together. So the four of us do something together. And we couldn't agree on anything. And it's essentially me and my older siblings arguing about the thing that we could do. And then my little brother just chimes in. He just goes, guys, why don't we just do what we want to do together? (laughs) (laughs) And we were all just like, whoa, you're so wise. (laughs) But that's essentially what you're saying, right? Like yeah. you're you're all still around each other and you know, somewhat getting to do what you want to do with like the getting to sunbathe while the other person's like on guard duty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think then you at least have the shared experience. You know, like if you're at the pool um and Justin you're like home doing something completely different, then even when you come back together, you have to like almost debrief if you want to have any sort of like it's like oh what did you do at the pool oh what did you do at home and you have like this extra step and then half the time at least for me energy wise it's like oh nothing you know or you're like you just don't even connect over what you did and so even if you're in the same space like barely doing it together like oh at least I know what you were doing and we have like that there's like one less step in between the connection even if you weren't actually super engaged with each other in the moment Mm -hmm. That's a good way of describing it, yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Because I think one of the – I, I talked about this last night when I was – we were talking about, like, romantic gestures. And what I what I said was that one way I think that romantic gestures have changed a lot is that it shifted from so, – I mean, we spent a lot of time together. We just talked a lot uh, when we were without kids because that, that was easy. We could always, it was always available. So I, I feel like it shifted more to – my romantic gesture in some, in some instances is more about – creating that individual time for you because I know that's really Mm. important to you right (laughs) yeah I would say that Nicole has this face that she starts to to get that she starts to just almost so consciously start to to have (laughs) when I can tell that she's she has been around too many like just not had time to herself you know (laughs) it has something to do with the eyebrows and you know I mean I don't know you just look in their eyes and you can kind of see it (laughs) so I think partly that's where that that sort of came out of I don't know that it's a solvable problem because if we do that, then you're you're sort of sacrificing that alone time, right? And if you if we but mm. but you still get you still get a little bit of quality time. So how would you? Yeah, how would you? What, what do you think you actually want just for our well, just for our marriage? <laughs> <laughs> this is turned no into pressure. marriage counseling for us. <laughs> no, I think well, and I do. I think I do really appreciate that the times when you know one of us gets up. And lets the other one sleep in for an extra hour or whatever. Like, um, just those gestures of service to give the other one um, some freedom. Um, Those definitely do, like, fill my cup, I guess. But I think that I need both. I have an unrelated question to ask Nicole. Mm -hmm. And maybe Adrian, I think. Adrian, are you an introvert? Yes, I'm an, Yeah. More like right in the middle, but that's what I thought. If I had okay. to swing one way, it'd be introvert. Yeah. So, okay. As somebody who is an introvert and really needs that time to fill their cup and have their like alone time to do that, when you are taking that alone time, can you 
do that without having like that that mommy guilt of like oh now I want to be with my kids or I should I either I want to be with my kids or I should be with my kids or or can you like fully take that and be like this is good without that in the back of your mind I think I would struggle with that a lot more if I was working outside the home because then my time with my kids would be a lot more limited than what it is right now being at home even with my older two boys being in school now I I can get pretty filled up in an introvert way of like time I mean Adeline's still around but if Adeline's taking a nap and I'm at home and then I have like an hour to myself Justin's at work yeah and then that's just like the way that our schedule plays out and so I don't really feel guilty in that time that it's like, well, the boys are at school and Adeline's napping. And so I'm going to take this time to like energize myself by doing something. Yeah. To be Um, clear, I don't think anyone should ever feel guilty (laughs) about that. (laughs) But as a strict extrovert, I was like, I wonder how it plays out on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can imagine that that, it, that would be a lot harder. I would be a lot more likely to like not take that time for myself if I was getting less face-to-face time in a 24-hour period with my kids because yeah. I was working outside the home. Is that yeah. and that's kind of what you were saying, Adrian? Right? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it can be hard, um, especially like when I'm home with him in the summer. It's like, yeah, sure someone else take him. I haven't stopped seeing him for, you know, like six days. But, um, but when I am working, then it can be harder, you know, when I have just a couple hours with them in the evening before he goes to bed, you know, then to decide, oh, you know, actually we're going to, you know, do a date night and we're going to send him to a babysitter for those other two hours too. You know, like that is a lot more, seems like a more costly decision. And I think it would be the same, you know, the same for the introvert time which I kind of cheat and it's like my drive home from work is kind of my introvert time. Mm. And that's like a semi, that's kind of a cop out to not having to commit to introvert time. You're like, <laughs> Oh, I have to drive home from work anyway. And I have to be by myself. So yeah, that's not making a conscious investment. I'm curious, what expectations do you have or, or either plans or what expectations do you have for Valentine's day at this point in your relationship? <laughs> nothing (laughs) (laughs) I have thought significantly more about how I'm going to make Valentine's Day special for the twins that morning than I have (laughs) for Dan (laughs) (laughs) but I mean Valentine's Day has never been something for me that I've super cared about Um, I think we have so many opportunities to celebrate each other and (laughs) like throughout the year like birthdays or anniversary you know things like that that yeah valentine's day i don't really care that much about so yeah i don't really have any plans other than i'm gonna make those heart-shaped pancakes before school (laughs) that's kind of for everybody (laughs) also dan's birthday is right before valentine's day like five days before so it's a little bit of a double whammy. Like, I, I kind of get them both in there. So. That's perfect. Yeah. I feel like for me, half the time, well, at least this year, like, Valentine's Day ends up being, like, 
the what's the word I want like the epilogue of like Christmas so for example like this Christmas Jake like got me like really sweet gifts and we always say like we're not really doing gifts for each other for Christmas because we like to do like an experience instead so I just I always take that literally and I'm like and I literally just got him like super goofy gifts like a wolf print t-shirt and like uh, a, a bolo tie were his Christmas gifts for me just like absurd like that bolo I knew they tie were was absurd. sweet though yeah, but I knew, I'm like, okay, this is basically, like, a prank gift for Christmas. And then he, like, got me, like, sweet, cute things. So I think I think more about Valentine's Day because I'm like, I need to redeem my, like, affection showing, like, gift-giving as a love language. Like, I do have gift-giving as a love language. I can speak to that love language. I just happen to fail at Christmas. So, you know, it's like, it's my second chance. It's my second chance on Christmas. <laughs> You totally would use the word. You would describe it as the epilogue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Very Jake and Adrian thing to say. I like that. That being said, like I don't have any like massively awesome plans yet. But there's, you know, I've got like a week, right? (laughs) I've got a week to come up with it. Um, we don't. We're really bad at like celebrating like any and all holidays (laughs) to each other. So. Yeah, well, I'm with you, Anna, that Valentine's Day specifically is not something that I have very high expectations of, and historically, we've not done much to celebrate it, and I'm pretty okay with that, but I have felt sometimes that we could be doing more for some of the other ones that do mean more to me, like birthdays and anniversary. We do not give gifts to each other, like... Hardly ever. I don't know. I don't. I, I feel mixed about it. Like, I like the idea of receiving romantic gestures, but I am pretty lazy when it comes to thinking about doing them or executing them myself. And I realize yeah. that that is problematic. <laughs> so we didn't super talk about what you guys, how, what you guys discussed when you did this podcast, but we one thing we both said kind of at the same time was I wish that we could receive more romantic <laughs> gestures. Like, like that was kind of like the one thing that we did say. We both expressed the desire to receive more romantic gestures. <laughs> so then, then my question would be, and this is something we talked about too, is that, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a universal feeling that why wouldn't anybody want to receive more romantic gestures? That usually I think that comes down to just lack of energy. Like you said, Nicole, like it, mm-hmm. it's as a parent, you're giving a lot all the time and you always have needs you're meeting and always have other people that you're thinking about. And so to take the time to do that for somebody that doesn't necessarily need it as much is difficult. How does that make you feel though? Like, like when you, when you think about the idea that like, I don't have enough as much energy or enough energy to perhaps do that kind of stuff and to make my spouse feel that way or that my spouse maybe doesn't have that kind of energy to make me feel that way. How does that make you feel as a, as a wife that that's the case? I mean, in some ways I'm just, I'm pretty accepting of it because I think that that's, that's kind of like the trope of like, that's what, when you've been together for a while, like that's just what happens. And so in some ways I'm, I I can focus on like the other ways that our relationship and has grown or ways that our love is deeper 
And then I can like logic myself into being like, so I don't need him to buy me flowers to feel like he loves me, you know, because I've got this other evidence. But I think that I, I guess I feel understanding and like compassion for your lack of energy to do kind gestures, romantic gestures for me, because I feel the same way. I also think that if I weren't, I think if I didn't feel so loved by Dan on a very consistent daily basis, then the whole romantic gesture thing would make me feel pretty down. But like my love buckets full, like Dan is so good at just showing his love every single day in different ways. They're not the romantic gestures that they were when we were dating, right? He's not finding my favorite record at a record store and then putting a love note inside of it, right? And like, <laughs> or setting up scavenger hunts or whatever, you know, the sorts mm-hmm. of things that he was doing when we were dating. But the way he shows his love to me every day is really, really great. And so I don't feel like I'm missing out a whole lot. I just feel like it would be kind of nice, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I'm trying to think in our relationship. I feel like Jake is probably the one who's better about like the romantic gestures. And I'm more like I especially like energy level wise, I'll be like, yeah, that's a high expenditure of like energy to have like an extra romantic gesture. And so I think I want to change my mindset, though, to not I think that's like a survival mindset on my part of like, okay, I am just Mm -hmm. conserving all of my energy so that I survive. And it's not like a thriving mindset, you know, like a thriving mindset would be like, yeah, I definitely have time to like do this like sweet extra thing that Jake wasn't expecting and surprise him, you know. And so for me, I've been trying (laughs) with minimal success, but trying to like change a mindset, you know, like I want a like a thriving mindset, you know. Do you think Jake is in that mindset too? That like right now we're working on surviving like sort of mindset? I just don't think he, I don't know. He just has more, like, my perception, I'm super curious what he's going to think of this. Um, I just perceive, like, he just has more energy. Like, I feel like just, like, the pure hours of sleep that I need, I'm like, oh, let's, like, watch a movie or let's, you know, I'm like, something sweet, like, and I'm like, dude, I'm just going to go to bed. Like, I'm so tired, you know, and, like, so in my mind, too, like, he has this advantage, this energy advantage, and so, like, I can justify, like, well, he just doesn't, he just has more energy, you know, which is, again, like, that's just like a victim mentality, right? Not like, you know, like, poor me. My husband has so much more energy. I'm just tired all the time. Um, yeah, so no, like, well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, like, I'm aware of this in myself, but then sometimes, again, it's like the lack of energy. I'm like, hmm, that t- also takes energy to change a mindset, so... Uh-huh. And again, we are tired. <laughs> we are tired. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Last question. I'm not sure how much y'all have to say about it, but I'm just curious. You know, we like to think about all things from sort of God's perspective, right? And sort of get our set get our sort of example from Him, or sort of ask the question, why is it important to Him, so that it hopefully furthers our, you know, our, us behaving more like Him towards our kids and also towards our spouses. So. I'm just curious, why do you think that God invented this idea of romance or put romance inside the hearts of husbands and wives? What's it for? Or like, why, what does it display about him or where, yeah, what's the whole point? I feel like I really, I really liked this question. I felt like, 
I think the way that it reflects the kingdom is that it's like you're just it's so extravagant like it's over the top it's not just like survival like I was you know kind of describing it it's like he didn't he doesn't have to like and I feel like that's Mm -hmm. what Jesus always does Mm -hmm. with us it just goes like way beyond you know like it's we're not just kind of saved by like the skin of our teeth and then God's like well you stand over there in the corner and I guess you can come into heaven but you can have this little square you know it's like oh no we just like he's like the whole kingdom is yours like I'm just gonna throw the doors open you know and like he wouldn't have to do that like he could technically like save us I'm sure and just be like here's your square inch of heaven you know but he's he goes so much farther than that and so I think it's fun it makes romance seem more fun to me, honestly, when it's like, oh, wow, because this is, this is what Jesus does for us. He's just so, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, like extravagant. I can't think of another word for it. It's a good word. I didn't know what to think of that question at first because I was like, I don't often think of God's love or like connect it with like romantic love. <laughs> I think I, you know, think of him as like a father love way more often. But that, I mean, that, it is there in the Bible talks about like, you know, describing us being the bride of Christ or whatever. And to me, I think Rome, I think romantic gestures, and maybe this is something that's like specific to me or my personality type, but romantic gestures communicate like importance. Like Mm. if you're doing something for someone, it's like, it's like you took this extra, you expended this extra energy to communicate you're important to me. So I think that, yeah, thinking about God's love in that way is kind of crazy and nice. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> I mean, you said everything that I was thinking already. Yep. All right. Well, those are my questions. Uh, do you do you have any any other? I feel Anything like I just want to start to over now that I'm like comfortable. Chill. <laughs> I was like not chill at the beginning. Oh, that's all right. I think uh, I think that's natural. I think it was pretty good. I I mean I, I it's definitely something I think would be would be worth doing. Obviously you're you're all busy people, uh, but yeah it's uh it's really yeah it's really worthwhile because God is you know. God's a mom and a dad, right? He's got both, and so. Yeah, uh, I think you're yeah. right. We're we're all created in His image, so right. whatever's in us is in Him. So it totally yep. makes sense. Yeah, I do think that'll be really good if that's like your goal, because I love listening to your podcast. I think it's really yep. fun to hear what you guys have to say. Um, and there are some times where I think, oh, I definitely have a different perspective about that, and right. maybe the the other women would too, because like, <laughs> what was it? Maybe I heard, overheard him say this when you guys were recording today, but he said when people ask about how the twins are, he's just kind of like, they're fine and like moves on because he doesn't <laughs> think they actually care or yeah, like right. it's just kind of like what you say. Whereas I'm like, no, like if I ask how your kids are, like, no, I, I like want to know. I want to mm-hmm. hear all the stories. Mm-hmm. I want to I like want to hear how it's going. <laughs> as a parent and what they're doing and what you're doing and so i was like oh daniel cool well thanks a bunch for this this is fun uh, this is super fun definitely do it again sounds good cool. uh, anytime yeah. all right cool see you mommies bye take care bye, bye.
All right, thanks so much for listening in. If you are married and your spouse is not listening to this podcast, we would like to ask you to recommend it to them uh, to see if they might enjoy it too. One of our main goals is to create a podcast that moms and dads can both listen to together and hopefully spark meaningful conversations about how to become better parents, parent more like God, that kind of stuff. So let them know about it if you haven't and uh, see if they like it. Also, one of our favorite things about this podcast is getting to hear and learn from lots of other parents around the world. Uh, just, we think it's really valuable to hear about all the different ways that people parent and people raise their kids and the way different ways people see God. So if you want to connect with us, please find us on Facebook or Instagram so that we can connect. Uh, let us know what you think. If there's a conversation that you have some strong thoughts about, uh, we'd love to hear those thoughts. We really don't think we're experts. Again, we're not really trying to teach. We're mostly just trying to talk. And so if you want to be a part of that conversation, please, uh, we'd love that. We'd love for you to engage with us on social media in any way that you can. So uh, find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, and let's keep the conversation going. Next week, we'll be back finishing off our conversation around discipline. Uh, We'll be doing our episode about spanking. So that should be a good one. We'll see you then. He's going to think I don't love him if I take him to a baby One thing we both said was, I wish that we could receive more romantic gestures. <laughs>